The end is nigh. Dumbledore is down. Voldemort is out for vengeance, and Harry takes a hike from Hogwarts for the Horcrux hunt he has to take on. It's time for Camping the Movie with Deathly Hallows Part 1. everybody and welcome to the penultimate episode here on Harry Potter Week of a recap of all the Harry Potter movies in the build-up to Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. This is Deathly Hallows Part 1. I am Darren and you are... Michael as always. Oh, I did wonder. Uh, yes, this is a penultimate movie, not a penultimate book of course. This is just taken from the first half of Deathly Hallows. Which I always knew was going to be a problem. But the whole splitting the one book into two yes. movies thing. When we found out it would be part one and part two, there was a hot debate as to where they were going to cut it. I hoped, however wrong I was, they were going to cut it after the breaking at Gringotts. Gringotts. Whatever it's called. So we could have the full-blown part two war that we really wanted. I thought Gringotts was going to take up too much time and I'd rather spend as much time as possible at the Battle of Hogwarts. It could have been a two-hour movie, it didn't need to be the full two and a half hours, but I thought that was where it was going to be. They, of course, didn't do that, and we'll talk about where they chose to cut it uh, in a little bit. But yeah. yes, I think... that The th- reason why Deathly Hallows part, the book isn't in my... It, it maybe might be in my top three, but why it's in my favourite book is because whilst the second half of that book is the best part of Harry Potter, hands down, no doubt about it, easily... The first half of that book is utter dross, where nothing happens. It's almost Order of the Phoenix level of, of, of fuck all happening. Um, but I'm, I'm inclined to think, Michael, as you somehow ranked this above the Half-Blood Prince of all goddamn things, yep. you don't share my opinion. No, it certainly... Again, I can't comment on the books. I certainly didn't read this one. The last one I read was either Goblet or Order. I can't remember which one, probably Goblet. So I can't comment on this from a book standpoint, but from a movie standpoint, whilst, yeah, a lot of stuff doesn't happen and there is a lot of camping in this movie for unbeknownst reasons, I found myself oddly enjoying this. And I really can't put a finger on why. But I just felt like it was... For For all the times that you've talked about character progression and character moments and characters interacting especially in the half-blood prince i think this did it better see i have to just disagree because you levied the complaint against um uh half-blood prince it's very art house i think this is the most art house harry potter movie there is there's lots of quiet shots and like a lot of reflection shots yeah, oh, this this just, movie does have a bit of a hard on for reflections, which is a it, bit. It's weird. even got a goddamn animation in the middle of it for for. Yeah, I quite knowledge. enjoyed that. I do, but it it kind of makes it the most artsy of movies, but it also makes it the most pretentious of movies as well in the Harry Potter canon. Well, this is certainly coming to the point where the Harry Potter movies are pretty much not adult movies, but mature movies for sure. That you're not going to find uh, troll bogies in this movie. 
You're definitely not. We're well past that, but then I think we've gone too far off the other end of the spectrum, where there's a lot of angst. Good God, the crippling amount of angst this movie yeah, has Yeah, this movie nearly tears down Ron, in my opinion. Oh, my Christ. Well, I think the early going is actually fine. We yeah. get introduced um, straight away to Bill Nye doing some face acting, like only Bill Nye can do, yep. with Rufus Scrimmager, the new Minister of Magic, um... Basically, he, he's been brought in as kind of the hardest nails bloke to take us through the war, in that Cornelius Fudge was kind of a soft cock, um, so they needed hard cock, and here comes Rufus Scrimmager. He is Magic Churchill. Yeah, he is Magic Churchill. Well, there we go. Yeah, he's doing that weird face thing that I like Bill Knight to do, but it's still weird that he's all full of, like, eye twitches. Yeah, and, and, and he's very sort of, like, tensed up and like that. yeah again visual joke on a yes I know his face moves yeah. individually of his body yeah um, I, I, I think he was fine I, again um, <laughs> why do I think that everyone's too old in Harry Potter movies I really don't know but of course Bill Nye has to turn up in any British franchise same thing with Jim Broadbent actually it's contract that you have to have those two and Gary Holman turn up at some point yeah I would have liked to have seen more from it definitely I, I think it's a shame that it took them this long to get to this specific character because I actually had to do a bit of reading up as to, you know, who this was. Because I thought, <laughs> oh, it's Bill Nye. I need to know who Bill Nye well, is playing. I think the thing is, they they should have introduced him in Half of Prince. But that's a criticism levelled against both the book and the film. Yeah. In that after Voldemort really was... Because Cornelius Fugg spends most of um, all the things denying the fact that Voldemort's back. Yeah, and that's yeah. why, that's part of Umbridge's real big thing against Harry is that he keeps saying that he's back and, and she says that he's not. There's no denying after the attack on the Ministry of Magic is back, therefore we should have had Rufus Scrimmager that much earlier. Um, but yeah, he doesn't really get... He only gets, like, two scenes, I think, before... And we kind of told that he's dead by a talking... Um, by, by a Patronus charm from King's Shacklebolt that yeah. he's dead. So I hope he didn't come too attached to that character. Um, we, we get a lot of early deaths in this movie. We do. Because we have to have the evacuation of Harry from... Privet Drive because his protection's about to break. I like that. Yet more unspoken magic that was never really mentioned. Oh yeah, he's protected for some reason. I mean, he's nearly died several times, but otherwise he's protected. Yeah, and it, it shows a weird scene where the Dursleys move out, which I thought was super out of place. There is a longer of version of that, which really? I wish they left in. There's a bit in the books where, where Aunt Petunia basically does just repent for everything and say, look, I'm sorry for how I treated you. You do have Lily's eyes, and I, 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 and it's very obvious that she doesn't forgive herself for what she's done. And there's also a nice bit with Dudley saying, "You are my cousin after all." And they shake hands. I think they even hug in the books. And he says, "Good luck." And he, Harry also wishes him good luck, and it leaves them on a nicer tone. Um, it was also written out of the books that Dudley's child was meant to be in the 19 years after one. It turns out he's a wizard. Oh. But J.K. squashed it, saying, no, I, I, nothing magic could have come out of Vernon Dudley, so Vernon Dursley, so it's not going to happen. Um, which they left it in, again, in J.K. Rowling's world, there's only black and white, there's only one person who's there to be an area of grey. Yeah. We'll get to him next movie. Um, so yeah, we get the evacuation scene um, of Harry Potter, and we get you know the clones of Harry Potter, the kind of the kind of ramshackle plan of getting him out that way. I like this scene. Isn't this the first time we meet Bill Weasley as well? Uh, yes, Bill Weasley has been was planted more in the books. So was Charlie Weasley actually, not to the same extent that Bill was. But yeah. we never actually meet Charlie Weasley. His entire Weasley brother we don't even fucking see. Here's here's the interesting thing about Bill Weasley. Do you know what, where my actual first time meeting that character was? Where in Orlando. <laughs> He's um he's the main star of the Harry Potter Escapes from Gringotts Bank ride. 
Is he? Yeah, he's the one who is taking you... He breaks you into Gringotts so you can break people out and things out. And that is super fun. Well, I was like, I don't know who the fuck Bill Weasley is, but I love this character. And then when I was watching this, I was like, it's Bill! I actually freaked out. I was like, he's actually in the fucking thing. He's not like a... He's not like a fan. I was like, oh my God. And I was... And then... What's General Hooks doing here? Oh God, he is General Hooks. It's um, Donald Gleeson. Donald Gleeson, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I was like, Oh, this makes me really happy, and then he's not really. I've only just realised he's actually in the same scene as his dad in this one. Yeah, that just occurred to me. Um, yeah, well, he what he's in the books. He's a, a bank teller for Gringotts, um, and he gets to go travel the world for that. Uh, that's where he met Fleur de Cleur. He makes a uh, triumphant return. <laughs> 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 let's not get too hung up on that. No, let's not go in the fluidic clue. It'll be here all day. Uh, so yeah, we get the evacuation scene. It's a nice bit of symmetry. You know how I love circle booking in that we get Hagrid being the one bringing Harry Potter to number four group drive in the first yeah. movie. He's the one to take him away on Sirius uh, Black's motorbike. That's so cool. That is cool. And yeah, we get that really good... I think this is kind of the peak of the movie for me. Is the very early action scene of them, the escape from Pruitt Drive. Yeah. A great aerial scene, which we haven't actually seen. For We had the Quidditch matches, but they weren't actually like fighting each yeah, other. Yeah, and I mean, there was that one bit of like people flying through London in order, but then it's yeah. not on this level. No, no, the spells going here, then everywhere, the kind of stuff shooting at the bike, like the brick wall and stuff. That, that was, was really rad. cool. Um, yeah, we get our first major deck when, boom, Hedwig goes down. Yeah, I kind of feels like unceremonious in the movie i imagine yeah. it's more emotional in the book i yeah it is basically he does try and defend him and and get shot and, and of course because henry's been a more prominent character in the book he was the one connection harry always had with the magical world even when he was at the dursleys it is a very sad scene go down uh, and then when we get to um the wheezy's house he doesn't actually go back to the wheezy's house in the book he goes to meet nymphadora's uh, tonks's parents oh right uh, called andromeda tonks who is the spitting image of bellatrix strain so harry potter initially freaks out and pulls a wand on her oh right <laughs> <laughs> oh no he's, she's cool um, <laughs> so they could have had a bit where helena bonham carter just like looked prettier than, yeah. than she does as bellatrix but no um yeah gets back to the wheezy's and that's when we found out that fred and or george i can never remember which one it is has lost an ear it's... And that Mad Eye Moody is dead. Yeah, yeah, that was an unceremonious way for Mad Eye Moody to go as well. I would have liked to see, but you don't get in the books either. You don't. See oh, do Mad you Eye. not? No, no. It's, okay, fair it's enough. It's like kind of like the big hammer hit there of like, oh yeah, like even even Moody, the consummate survivor, has been has been taken at this. Who point. has one of the most badass brooms ever? Like yeah, the whole the, like the, whole, the like... Harley Davidson of brooms. I love it. It does look really cool. Um, See, so yeah, that's basically we we do get the wedding of Bill and Fleur yeah, uh, it's a bit which, of an interesting sidestep, isn't it? Yeah, that the was, whole the, the justification of even in dark times we need to have good things. I'm like, Dump, the, the, Dumbledore is dead. Voldemort is on his fucking way. Moody's still warm. <laughs> yeah, it's like all of this shit has happened. Harry needs to fuck off and find some Horcruxes. Let's put a tent up. Yeah. Oh, that was so. I was like, oh, what are we doing? What are oh, we doing? No. This. It was. It was ridiculous. Um. They 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 do get the <laughs> we, we get, we get the, the will of Albus Dumbledore where he gives out three seemingly quite useless items in mm. the first snitch Harry ever caught uh, a basically a, a book of children's um, tales and uh, the Deluminator which from, is cool from you can get a Deluminator lighter by the way good God do I want that awesome. I don't even smoke and I still is want it the it. same Deluminator from the first one yeah yes no way yeah yeah that's, oh, that's cool um and and now the the wedding scene is a, there's a lot more going on in the books I'm gonna I'm sorry but this, I have to point this out uh, in this movie especially there's a lot of 
deviations from the book stuff because they didn't take time to set things up properly yeah. in other movies. Same with Bill Weasley. We get introduced to... Um, I can never remember his name. Um, um, oh, he's the little scrubby bloke, the thief. Manungus Fletcher. He's more prominent in the books prior to this and then he gets kind of thrown in here as, oh, Madungus Fletcher, I was important to this book, so I need to be here. <laughs> it's um, like the fans will, will write if I'm not here. It's like, was it Elfire's Doge, which I can't yes, help but laugh Doge. at because all I can think of is the Doge meme. Much magic. The... <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> much magic. Because Victor Crumb is in the wedding scene in the book and he notices the, the Deathly Hallows symbol on Xenophilius Lovegood and they get into a bit of an argument. And that's where that kind of starts to creep in of, of that's what that means. Um, and but no, it's it's a lot less played, so we won't spend time dealing. With it. But yeah, they they get interrupted at the wedding. Um, the ministry has fallen. Voldemort is on the way. He knows where they are. They put a a. I don't know if this is ever actually expressly mentioned in the film, but the way, reason they're able to track Harry from time to time and kind of happen upon him is because they put a jinx on the name Voldemort. So anyone who says it their position instantly becomes known to the Ministry of Magic and they swoop in with deaf ears. Oh, really? So after they escape the wedding and they sit in that cafe, it does, in the film, it's very odd that all of a sudden these two wizards just happen, these two deaf eaters happen to walk into the same cafe 100 miles away uh, like five minutes after they get it because Hermione says the word Voldemort. Ah. And it sends Yaxley and the other guy there to, to get them. Um, that's also how he gets caught eventually. Like they, they, get, they do the uh, Ministry of Magic escape. And they're so elated they accidentally say Voldemort and the Snatchers turn up. Oh, right. that's what's happening. That's what that is. I thought it was just a case of Voldemort's just on on point with trying to find him. No, they're, they're, they're smarter than that. Um, yeah. They're so, yeah, we get a lot of camping early on of just them trying to figure out the plan. There isn't a plan. They've got to formulate a plot or end up in jail and shot. Um, success <laughs> is their only fucking option. Finally, it's not. Um, <laughs> And, and you better lose is, yourself. <laughs> so they get the idea that they think something's going on at the Ministry because that's where Voldemort is. They suspect that something's going to be going down there, so they want to get in. I can't. There is a better reason for that, but I've come up with. So they take a chance on going to the Ministry of Magic. Uh, so they have to get free body stressor pass, which is generic-looking old old white bloke, um, generic-looking white woman, and Dave Coaches from Gavin and Stacey, <laughs> inescapably Dave Coaches, which but, is um, as I found out the um, generic white woman was supposed to be Jessica Hines. Yes, because she did the voice of... Um, you watched the same video I did, didn't you, of all the recasting in Harry Potter? Yes, I did. Yes, you the, did. the What Culture video. Yes, yeah, you did. Yes, she originally played the voice of Mafalda Hopkirk in a previous movie, but then didn't come yeah. back. Which is a shame. To be yeah, fair, but, she was probably busy because, you know, she's a good actress. There is that. But yeah, seeing Dave Coaches in a Harry Potter movie was kind of... Um, he didn't call which one is he? He's the one that marries Nessa in... Oh, he's the one that Ron I... turns into. Oh, okay. Yeah, watch Gavin Stacey. I don't watch Gavin Well, he didn't call anyone sugar tits, which annoyed me, but... Um, <laughs> which would have been Which would have been fantastic. Do you imagine that word in a Harry Potter have movie? Have watched Gavin Stacey? No. But Doesn't you, appeal to Do you me. trust my opinion in comedy, for the most part? For the most part. Give it a go, it is genuinely quite funny, because Rob Corden's there. Yeah. Uh, uh, Rob Bryden, even, and Rob Bryden will pull you through. Sorry, everybody. Go watch Gavin and Stacey. Um, so we get the Ministry Infiltration, which is which is an okay scene, I think. Yeah, I think when I was watching it, I was just kind of like, why are we doing this again? But then, like, it actually got somewhat entertaining because it's... It became not comedy spy thriller sort Caper. of thing. Yeah, but, yeah, but I was like, I, some... I enjoy it because it's very much a case of, like, the serious stakes going on, but they're using the same tricks that they've been using since the early days of school. So it was like... 
this is not, they know it's like, this is not a fucking good idea, but it's no. the only one we've got. And you do get to see inside, like, you know, um, basically inside the Nazi ministry, basically. Yeah. Of, you see the new fountain with, with humans being crushed under the obelisks with might is mag- magic is might, even, written on it. Um, because, you know, after the political thriller that was all of the things that we didn't want, the, the next thing that we needed was literal fucking I racism. At least we're going to go back to the Ministry of Magic set, which, as I said, is he, very impressive. It's very cool. You get to see Mad-Eye Moody's eye, like, pulling under mm. his door. That's a nice touch. Um, and Harry has to rip it off. He's like, I'm not having him disrespected that way. And then we have to go and see Dolores Umbridge again. Yeah, who's now under the influence uh, of the locket. Yes, yeah, she's wearing the locket. Um, um, and and it's, it, it's, it's making her even more is evil. It's Slytherin's locket. Yes, it's Slytherin's locket. It's making her even more evil than Skeletor. And she's in this place. Basically, they're, they're punishing all Muggleborn and saying they stole their magic and they're being punished because, you know, xenophobia and all that good stuff. Bloody Muggles. We've all, over the, here, we've all the, our magic. <laughs> with all the Dementors swirling above. and they, That's they, a cool shot. Like the, cool. the floodgates opening with the Dementors. Like, but they, like I said, they're like That's Agent cool. Smith now. Harry Potter can take yeah. care of them just one. Kaboof, out you go. Yeah, they nick the locket. Uh, they do get to knock out the lower zombies, which is fun. Uh, they get it and then it's back to some angst. Back to some camping and some thinking, and Ron runs away all emotion, all this stuff, and it's just yeah. The, <gasps> that part of the movie is where I will admit it does start to drag, and the and the unfortunate thing is because because at this at this age, Radcliffe and Watson and Grint are are progressing, and they are doing more complex things as these characters, but it doesn't always no. pay off. And when we put, especially when we put Ron under the influence of the locket, there was some proper like, oh, don't do this moment. Mm-hmm. I'm watching it going, oh, fucking don't do this. I think this is probably, in terms of like singular scenes, the worst in all of Harry Potter. Because as much as I don't like all the things more as a whole. Oh, no, I, I'll tell you what I liked even less, and I can't remember whether it was in this movie or the next, the random fucking ballroom dance in the tent that just ends on that's a cold shoulder. That's in this shoulder. one. Oh, fuck yeah, that scene. I know. This is what I mean about all the angst and the art house stuff. It's just... Uh, no. So eventually we do get some momentum. This is, there's a lot of like jumping around, which is a problem with the book as well. Of just like random, like, oh, let's go here. They decide to go back to Godric Hollow, which is where Harry was, um, um, Harry's parents were killed early on, where the Voldemort attack happened. No, I like this, um, this area. I like, I like oh, the fact that there are, that, that much like Hogsmeade, Godric Hollow, Godric's Hollow is like kind of this sleepy village. Yeah. So that we get a real sense of, of geography in the Wizarding World, and I like the idea that this is this is the first and only time that Harry has actually been to his parents' grave, which is fine, but it's not very exciting. No, but as you said, this is what builds character. This is the yes, first time okay. Harry's had on Christmas Eve the only time he's had chance to mourn at the site of his parents' burial. That's kind of a big fucking. It moment. is, it is, but I don't think I don't think it's played particularly well. Or no, the, the the thing that. Follows it. It's fucking stupid. Oh god, yes. We we go and meet Bill the Bagshot, who's uh, mentioned in passing yeah. uh, earlier on in the movie, who lives next door to Harry Potter, um, and we we get to see um, we get taken to a house, and it's all a bit weird. Turns out Bill the Bagshot was a snake the whole time. It was Nagini dressed up as an old woman. Who knew? They cut something from the book, which I'm, I'm they they finally found their line they would not cross. Because in the book, you just see her mouth open, like, full on, and her head goes back, and the snake comes out of the throat. Oh, man. As opposed to this one, where it just, like, she kind of does an Obi-Wan Kenobi and just collapses into a pile, and the snake comes out of it. Yeah. I'm glad they cut that, because I think that would have been too far for a children's film to see a a corpse giving birth to a snake. Oh, could you imagine? 
And we see a bit of an attack of Nagini, but it's over rather quickly. Yeah, we get the cool thing of the of Harry's room from his from his yeah. being perfectly preserved, which is yeah, kind of weird, kind isn't of it? With no like, one moved the, in there. Yeah, the house is in fucking shambles, mm. and this this room is is picture perfect from like the footage of Lily Potter's death. And I was like, that's kind of an interesting design choice that they don't really no. comment on at all. Well, there's some design choice they leave out. I'm, I'm going to have to just record myself saying this sentence. In the book, um, they go upside and they tap on the gate and a sign comes up, like a little sign comes up from the earth saying, this is where Harry and Lily, sorry, James and Lily Potter died and, and Harry Potter lives. And there's loads of like signatures on it, like saying, you know, not like well done, but like, we support you. They, they, he will never come back. We will keep the light burning for Harry. We That's a thing. No, it's, it's really good in the book. So I've probably not done a very good at explaining it there. There's also, there's a big subplot taken out of this movie, which is the kind of exploration of Dumbledore. In the same way that Hardwick delves into the history of, of Riddle, they, they also take a lot of the kind of exploration of Dumbledore out. Because in this movie in particular, in this book in particular, Harry really starts questioning, did he know Dumbledore at all? Yeah. Because it turns out he knew there's a guy called um, um, Grindelwald, Who's going to be in Fantastic Beasts, or yeah. at least he's mentioned in the trailer, so he might turn up there. Yeah, he was basically proto Voldemort, like the 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 true last great wizard, and Voldemort def- and, and Dumbledore defeated him. Turns out they were friends when they were teenagers. It's who Dumbledore was in love with, um, um, and also and, and and there's a whole subplot about Dumbledore's sister and how she was, you know, died in mysterious circumstances. Wasn't Grindelwald somebody who once held the Elder Wand, or am I? Thinking? Yes, he did. You do see him. Or at least you, 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 you I, I, from what I can remember, you do see him in a flashback from Voldemort's point of view when he's interrogating the one maker who had the one that was stolen by Grindelwald and all this sort of good stuff. Yeah, yeah. But that takes a lot out of it. And that, Is that, that in the whole interrogation of Ollivander sort of section? Ye, kind of, yes. Yeah. Um, I, I, it will hopefully come to me, but yeah, it, it's in there. And and that's that takes a lot of the kind of enjoyment. The, the little enjoyment I got at the early part of that book was kind of the exploration of Dumbledore. Kind of came strangely late in the series. Like, it could have probably done its own book of just exploring who Dumbledore really was and Aberforth and, and his sister. And yeah, Aberforth was really glossed over and just kind of yeah. came out nowhere. Oh, Aberforth's oh, okay. here now. Yeah. Um, it's, he's got kind of way in the book. You never realise that Aberforth is this man. Um, but there we go. Anyway, um, so after this, we then go to... They have another random idea. They need to find out what the Deathly Hallows are. They see it in the Beetle the Bard book. Um, so they go to... Um, I've just realised I've missed a part out. They get hold of the locket. They um, they decide they need to get rid of it. They find the sword of Godric Gryffindor in a pond. Which is weird, because... Is- when did that get there? We later find out it's placed there by Snape. Why Snape couldn't just given it to them? I don't know. Why Snape felt the need to put it in a goddamn pond underneath ice that then like nearly kills Harry. So that's fun. I really don't know what Snape was thinking. But yeah, he leads it to it with a silver doe. Oh God! Next movie, Michael. Next movie. Yeah. Um, and that's when we get back to Ron, and that's when we get to kill the um, locket. Sorry, I completely got over that because we also get to see naked Harry and Hermione having a bit of a snog. Yeah, that happened. And the kind of terror vision that appears to Ron. Yeah, very odd indeed. I like the idea that the that that part the part of Voldemort's soul had had like a 
a last resort kind of things. Like, yeah, well, if yeah. I can't terrify you, I'll depress you. Yes. And it didn't fucking work. I really no. like that. Because that's probably about... Until the next movie where I think everybody gets their own little moment. That's probably the most heroic that Ron got. Because he, yeah. he got over his, his angst. He got over his self-doubt and went, no, it turns out I am actually a hero. I'm Yay. not the boy you live, but I can do shit. Yay. Boom. And then Hermione gets immediately grumpy with him. Yeah. You go and have someone's eye out. <laughs> uh, um, sorry, no, back on track. How I forgot to put that down in my notes, I don't know, but at least I remembered it. Uh, then we get to go and see Xenophilius Lovegood. Um, um, father of, of Luna, played Fucking by hell. the bloke who played the lizard. I remember his name. Reese Evans. Reese Evans. Yes, Reese Evans. Yes. Um, he was fine as Xenophilius. He, he's basically like that in the book. More fucking love goods. I know. You know, I don't like these characters. That's good. And we get the story of the Deathly Hallows. Yeah, this is something I didn't understand going into the movie because I was like, I don't know what the fuck the Deathly Hallows are. I've seen this symbol a lot. I have a key ring of it, man. You have a key ring of it. I've seen it. I've seen. I'm not going to lie. I've seen people have this as quite literal tramp stamps. So I've seen this this symbol a lot, but I didn't yep. know what it like signified. Yes. And now you know. And now I know. That's actually kind of awesome. And I it do is. like the simplicity of the, yeah, the three yeah, shades. Yeah. That's kind nice. of awesome. Uh, it's explained in that in that very odd animation um, um, that this is... they Basically, the three brothers try to cross the river. Death stops them at the bridge. All three of them ask for uh, a different item. The oldest wants the most powerful wand in existence. He gets the elder wand. The middle one wants to resurrect his dead wife. He gets the resurrection shown. And the young, smart brother... Gets the cape of invisibility. Um, oh my god, I need to talk about that theory in the next movie. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Yeah. We'll get to that in a moment. Um, <laughs> look forward to that, Mike. I'm going to gush. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so we already know the invisibility um, cloak exists because it's the one that Harry has had in his possession since um, Philosopher's Stone. Which is kind of awesome. Again, because I'm new to this, I was like, what the fuck? Okay, what? Mm-hmm. So this thing just got given to him that we just it thought was just kind of like. A children's yeah. toy almost turns out it's one of the three most powerful items in the wizarding world. And then you realise, like, yeah, no one's ever had an invisibility cloak. Like, this is a unique thing in the entire time we've been watching, uh, reading Harry Potter. We've never seen another one. Uh, yeah, handed down from father to son. So it was James's. Uh, he went to Dumbledore for a bit and then he gave it to Harry when he was, time was right. So a nice bit of there. Yeah, we get the nice animation, which I think was a nice change of pace in this movie. Oh, yeah, um, I really enjoyed that bit. And again, it's 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 something that we don't get as much as this movie is based in in gothic folklore. We don't really get a sense of this is an old wives' tale for wizards, because because essentially in the wizarding world, it's like oh, I thought it was a tale. Nah, super real, bro. But like mm-hmm. most people don't even think the Deathly Hallows exist. No, that's pretty cool. You even said like Ron knows it as the children's story. Yeah. Um, yes, they. Um, they escape. Xenophilus Lugas basically had Luna kidnapped, um, so he needs the Death Eaters to get there. He's stalling them with this story. Uh, there's a very smart bit in the story in the in the book where they're about to apparate out and escape, but Hermione stops, grabs Harry, turns his face towards the Death Eaters till they spot him, and then they apparate out <laughs> because they were going to kill um, Xenophilus if he was lying. Had they apparated out straight away. The deaf ears were thought, well, you just called to see if nothing we're going to kill you now. He let them, they, he, she let them see Harry to know that Xenophilus wasn't lying. That's and cool. then they get out. 
completely gone in the in the film, so they're okay with uh, with Reese Fins dying. Woo! Yay! Now this is the point in the books where they say the word Voldemort out loud, and the jinx is on them, and they get taken away. In this one, they just happen to turn up to the Snatchers. I was like, oh, hello! Um, and they get taken to Malfoy Manor. Can somebody tell me who the fuck the Snatchers are? Because this is something that just really they, flew past They me. basically put out a bounty on Harry Potter's head and they were like ro- roving bands of evil wizards that weren't good enough to get into the Death Eaters basically became Snatchers. Okay. So you, you, there's a scene in the in the books where you get to see uh, Dean Thomas is on the run because he's muggle-born. He's with Grip up the, the elf who's captured at Malfoy Manor. Yeah. Uh, they're also on the run with Cedric Diggory's dad. Um, who obviously has big problems with him, so he's on the run as well. And mm-hmm. Snatchers are after him. You see the Snatchers a fair few times in the books. Um, okay, so is this the first time we see them in the movies? It, it, you do, I think you see him earlier on, sniffing around, but then Hermione's put the shield charm up. So there's that nice shot of, you see it from Hermione's point of view, where he's yeah, face to face, yeah, he's and right it goes there, around and, and there's nothing. Yeah, so that's, that's pretty rad. So we get to Malfoy Manor. Yes. Um, we get to see that Luna's been captured, Dean Thomas has been captured, Ollivander's been captured. The, you, they start torturing Hermione... Um, because they they um, they see the the sword of Godric Gryffindor, and Bellatrix Lestrange, who's at Malfoy Manor, says that's meant to be my vault. How the fuck did you gain my vault? Clearly, something's in that vault they want. Yeah, we'll see that next time. Um, and we get the return of Dobby. Now I know we weren't the biggest fans of Dobby when it came to the second uh, movie. No, we pretty much hated him, didn't we? Yes, um, he's much better in the books. Um, but I must, and I hope you're in agreement here. That as much as he was torrid in the second movie, he more than makes up for it here. This is an act of redemption. Because, um, so Dobby comes in, and elf magic is different to wizard magic. Uh, in some ways, it's a lot more powerful, because it's not affected by um, by kind of the constraints of wizard magic. The wizards can't operate in and out of there, because, but elf elves, elves can. He's a free elf there, so he can do whatever the fuck he pleases. So he gets Ollivander and Luna out of there, he gets Gripple out of there, he gets Dean Thomas out of there, and then he tells them he's going to come back for... Uh, for um, um, Harry and Ron, Harry and Ron, and yes. He's like, meet me at the top of the stairs in ten seconds, and then the whole oh, who comes down and gets knocked the shit out? Um, Wormtail does. Wormtail, yeah, that was enjoyable. I believe this is where Wormtail dies. He dies in a lot less of a brutal fashion than he does in the books. In the books, he gets strangled to death by his own hand that Dumbledore gave to him. Oh, the silver one. Yeah, Dumbledore is displeased with him. Or, or he has an act of cowardice and the hand just strangles him to death. Oh, shit. Which is wonderful. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that doesn't happen in the movie. I can't remember what happens to him. It's going to wind me up now. Um, Did he just get killed off screen? No, no. He definitely gets to see him die on, on screen, but it will come to me at some point. Um, oh, we missed out the early scene with Voldemort at the table. Um, oh yeah, and, uh, with the woman. Oh my god, that was so cool! Slowly spinning the Muggle studies teacher, and yeah. then Harry, Snape happens to sit there. The and world's watch. worst rotisserie dinner. Ah. <laughs> Finn Nagini. I forgot a bit that scene. I actually kind of like that scene. So yeah, we we they Harry and Ron escape. There's a bit of a fight. Harry nicks the wand off Draco. Remember that. Yeah. Um, bit of a scuffle, but Hermione, uh, Bellatrix has got the knife to Hermione, and it's like oh no. And then you hear that winching noise. And Dobby's up there, like, unscrewing the chandelier, nearly drops on Bellatrix. And she's like, you killed me. Now, I need to give you my exact, like, reaction to this, because Dobby gave this speech, and me and Rachel said it in unison, of Dobby has no master. Dobby is a free elf! I added in a little bit, where my actual phrase was, Dobby has no master. Dobby is a free elf, motherfucker! <laughs> it's such a good... Like, he's basically Django Unchained at this point. <laughs> yeah. Like, he has no master and he's here to kick some ass. It's fantastic. You're like, yes! Say goodnight to Mr. Candy. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes! 
get him, Dobby! Fuck you! <laughs> yes! Yes! He's just about to get them out there. And then all of a sudden, Beatrix Lestrange turns into fucking Bullseye. <laughs> Lobs <laughs> the dagger in there. Bullseye, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be in Fantastic Beasts. Oh, he is! He is! Isn't he... Um, oh, what's his name? He's not like a name character. Oh, I thought it was Grindelwald. No, no, no. He's a, he's a, an American cop-out to get um, um, Newt's commander. Okay. So yeah, she lobs the dagger in. We apparate out to Bill and Fleur de Clare's house at Shell Cottage. And everything seems to have gone well. And then you hear, Pop the Harry. And then you turn around, Master. And turn around yeah. and Harry's and Dumbledore. And yeah, Dobby's been shivved. Straight through the heart. Yeah. He ain't getting up. <laughs> Four, and, and there's that lovely scene of like, it's a wonderful place to die with friends. And Dobby's gone down. Dobby's yeah. gone down. The whole, the whole thing. Is that, it, it's when Harry's just kind of like, is there, is there seriously nothing we can do? And, and look, nobody does. Nobody wants to say anything because there isn't. So it's just kind of like, there is there is apps. And, and then he's like, as soon as he goes, it's, properly burying him. We're going to do his shovels and shit. Yeah, oh was my that, God. that was actually kind of beautiful. Worth it. I mean, a, a, a low, a gut punch to finish on. Again, working at the cinema, everybody was coming out crying because, you know, Dobby went down. Down goes Dobby. Down goes Dobby. Down goes Dobby was what I told them as they yeah, walked as they're coming out. Come he down. ain't coming back. He's dead now, motherfucker. <laughs> he might have been a free help, but now he's a dead one. Woo! <laughs> um, <laughs> So, you reveled on this slightly too much. Uh, no, no, I genuinely screamed the house down in that speech. <laughs> oh, um, so, uh, as much as I've actually said some some nice things about this, I think the low points of this movie are the lowest of any Harry Potter movie, and there's just not a lot. That ha- Those brief moments of greatness, like the the um, the Ministry escape, is quite fun. The escape from Privet Drive is quite fun. Dobby's final stand is great. I don't think they ever outweigh because they're very small morsels in what is otherwise a very dross and drab movie. See, I, I don't think that way. I think of this the way that you think of Half-Blood, probably, in that the, the, the high points are quite high. And because this this is now ramping off into what is what is to be, let's no, make, make no mistake about it, the best Harry Potter movie. The, the best Harry Potter and movie. And I can't wait to talk about it. It's going to be so much fun. Oh, yes. But... I seriously can't say anything bad about it. Yes, the low points are not that great, and there's some very questionable acting in those scenes, and there's a lot of just inactivity. But, you know, I think that for much of the reasons that that I think that uh, Half-Blood Prince fails, in that it's just it's too far up its own arse, I think this movie is less so. And I think it is mm. ge- it is genuinely at this point turning into art, and Ugh. whether you know, no, no, but like in the sense that I this one got a much better reaction out of me personally, okay, and emotionally than who'd have thought that the the death of Dobby would affect me more than the death of Dumbledore, possibly because I thought he looks fucking bored, whereas Dobby, I was like, you don't want to die. This is kind no. of sad, and it introduced characters I like. I really like Bill Weasley, who's one of my favorites in the entire series. Um... Did we get? I forgot about the start of this movie. We just suddenly get the heel turn with Nymphadora and and Remus as well. That happens at the start of this movie. Oh yeah, that is weird. Yeah, they have more of a yeah. Because in the storyline, like um, they they hang out in um, uh, number twelve um, Grimmauld Place for a while. Yeah, and Remus keeps coming to offering them help, and he's like, yeah, Nymphadora's pregnant. 
and and um, and he's basically trying to run away from his family because he's ashamed that he's you know passed. He could have potentially passed on his werewolf gene. Harry gets really like they have like a full blown fuck you fuck you type of argument where he calls him a coward for abandoning his wife and he needs to go back. And Ramus storms out there, but then a few weeks back he comes back. So a few months later they find him again, and he's like he just collapses to his knees like it's a boy. He's fine. There's nothing wrong with him. It's all the greatest fucking thing in the world. Um, they ask Harry to be the Godfather, which he's just. Um, yeah, they 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 said do away with that and just yeah. have some really you get, brief stuff. You get the 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 kind of like so yeah we're we kind of been fucking and uh, mm. I'm kind of anyway enough of your boring bullshit. We need to go and escape. I'm like, I know I'm ah. giving a shit. <laughs> Actually, we've got some really good shut up. <laughs> that's essentially what that yeah that's the entire just, plot line well, it is. goes goes more into the kind of castration of of the Tonks character, but we've had that discussion already. Yeah, um, yeah. This is pretty low for me in the rankings. It's not Order of the Phoenix bad, thankfully for it. But I, I, this thing because it's a two parter. You feel like if I'm going to watch a Deathly Hallows movie, I would never ever pick part one to watch. No, you'd have to watch it out of obligation. Ever. Yeah, exactly. You. You would never willingly watch that movie, and that's a big thing for a two hundred fifty million dollar movie to be. Is a movie that Warner Brothers knew nobody particularly wanted to watch, but had to. Basically, it's essentially two hundred fifty million pound homework. It was a contract movie. I get, I get it. But as things go, the higher points were higher than quite a lot of other movies. I think that's something we're just gonna have to agree to disagree on. Okay, plug away, Michael. Okay, you can find me at that uh, at that Mike Owen. On Twitter, when I can actually get it out and say it properly. You can, of course, go to fanstainment.com, where in the, we are in the midst of the 30 Days of Stuff, a new piece of content every day for the month of November, which, of course, Harry Potter Week falls very neatly into. And, of course, you can go to Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, and Minds to follow us under the username FowleyNT. That's F-O-U-L-E-N-T. Darren. You can follow me on Twitter at the Guthrie. You can also go check out ProWrestling.net for all my pro wrestling related articles and podcasts. Uh, please do go back and listen to all of the previous Harry Potter movies. Um, thank you for listening to the one today. We, of course, have only got one more to go before we get to the release of Fantastic Beasts to Where to Find Them. It is the best Harry Potter movie. We are, for whatever the sacrifices. Part one had to make it all paid off in part two. Get ready for that tomorrow, and we will see you. Uh, we will see you tomorrow. Yeah, see you tomorrow. Part two, motherfucker.